0: BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well as, as simply fun kink. Fun. You'll find shows on these
1: topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. Awakening Podcasts: Owning Your
0: Own Dungeon. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan.
1: Today on the podcast, uh, not only are we going to be talking to Master Cecil about owning a dungeon down there in the Florida. If you are of a mind to, you can watch us talk to him. This, uh, the video for this is over on our YouTube channel, so um, the interview itself go you can go see what Master Cecil actually looks like and all that kind of jazz mm-hmm.
0: or us so and it's uh, just keep in mind it's just the interview with him it's not this part, so this part's only vocal. Is that what it is? Vocal audio audio, I guess yeah. audio yeah
1: or just listen to the podcast and like you <laughs> normally do. Uh, Today be an interesting podcast in itself. I am on a variety of pain medications. I managed to throw my back out the other day.
0: Isn't it funny how we try to do healthy things and we end up <laughs> pulling and breaking and straining and yeah. So and then I'm running on some low sleep after a weekend in Dayton. So big D, big D, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, had to take a nap.
1: But uh, that's okay, because we will still put this show together. And sometimes mm-hmm. when you're really tired, it comes out to be our best show.
0: Sometimes it does. Sometimes I, it does.
1: I see we do indeed
0: have a question of the day. We do. Would you like me to ask it of you? Why not? Okay. What advice would you give to a new dom looking to make real advancement advancements in his or her domination?
1: So the first thing I would find out is from the real dom. Is what kind of advancements is he looking to make? Dom is one of those tricky words that he might. You, this might be a reflection of power exchange, a full time relationship, or it might just be the view of I want to be a better top. So, do we know what the context is? We by do chance? not know
0: what the context is. I'm assuming it's a power exchange context, but. That's just me. That's where my brain goes. Well,
1: I'll tell you. First, I'm going to start off uh, with the better top view because that's going to be okay. pretty easy. I just have mm-hmm. one piece of advice there. So um, before you go rushing off and buying $4,000 worth of toys, which is fine to do, by the way, but find yourself a a toy that you like particularly well. It fits mm. well in your hand. It's... Mm. Um, maybe it's your maybe you're a big fan of paddles so it'd be a paddle if you're a big fan of flogging then it would be a flogger and make sure that you use that toy every time you play with somebody so that becomes your your go-to toy that becomes the one that you're most you're naturally comfortable with and you build a rapport with that particular toy and i did that with a pair of floggers that i've got and um it 's really effective for if the scene's just not going, the energy 's not there or i 'm not in rhythm i 'm not i 'm just not clicking with the person i 'll always go back to this toy, and that will give me a foundation to build the rest of the scene around so for a uh, for the aspect of the real Dom that wants to advance his topping skills, that is the one piece of advice I will give you for that
0: so and then so with that in mind i 've actually got a piece of advice as well, so because i 'm trying to um, I'm trying to learn how to spiritual top a little bit, but I'm also a bottom that likes to be topped. So, you know, on that view, um, not only pick a t- either pick a toy mm-hmm. or pick a skill. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I want to make sure I know everything about caning. And then caning would be my skill, and that's where I'll build up confidence. Right. Or sacred touch—that's really my skill, you know. And then I—I I will build up confidence with that, and that will allow me to allow all that technical stuff just to become second nature, mm-hmm. so that I can work on the rest of the scene. So, that makes sense. So agreed. So a skill, or like you said, the floggers, because you put a lot of energy into those floggers. So, or whatever toy works for the other person. But you put a lot of energy in those floggers and, you know, sometimes I can see you when you get ready to play with a new person, how that's what your hands kind of get guided to. You get used to the feel of them and the weight of them and... Yep, absolutely. So, awesome. Part two
1: of the same question. What advice would I give a new dom looking to make advancements in his or her power exchange domination? Um, Again, I could probably come up with 20 things, but I'm going to just use go with the first one that comes to my mind is to uh, a lot of this becomes trusting your instinct. Mm. So what I find that is when I trust my instinct, it allows me to not overthink what I'm doing. So, for example, if I come across something that you've done that I feel requires some correction or some discipline. Um, I used to mess myself up pretty badly by I would overthink, well, what are the situation? What else was going on? Am I sure that I said to do it this way? How bad is she going to feel afterwards? How long do I have to uh, worry about the repercussions of punishing somebody that she's going to be mopey all day, something like that? And what I found is that all that undermines my natural ability to dominate. When, you, when I allow myself to just instinctively react to situations from that space of that inner dominance, it's a lot more effective for me. So trust your gut. Trust your instincts. And I've found that's been very beneficial for uh, my growth pattern as a dominant.
0: Nice, nice. So, And I bet... Um... God, learning to trust your instincts. Some of the things that I came up with when I read that question, this is just the stuff that we teach people in general, whether they're dominant or submissive, but these are the ones that I would highly recommend to a a dominant and someone that's wanting to really come into their own. And one is to talk to real life people. You know, talk to real life people Hmm. about your situation. Mm -hmm. Don't depend on FET, don't depend on even, um, you know, find support groups and talk to people there. But then your challenge is, is to find someone that's living a power exchange lifestyle like you want to emulate. Because there's a lot of people out there, even in person, that'll say, well, I own six slaves and blah, 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 blah. And then you find out they're all online. So they really right. have nothing to offer you unless that's what you want is, you know, six slaves that are online. So try to find somebody that you want to emulate. See how they live their home life and not just what they present on the outside. So... um, I don't know. For me, I would recommend a dominant. And tell me if I'm off key or not on this. Yeah, I
1: think this is very sage advice so far.
0: Okay, well, the other one is, is for him to be able to own his own shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I would want to, and maybe I'm different as a slave, but I don't know that I would want to be with a a dom that was into drama and his ego wanting to bust balls and, you know, things like that. I want one that can own his own shit, clean his own house if he needs to. Mm -hmm. He's not just looking for a slave to, you know, pull out the can of Lysol, even though we joke about that sometimes. You know, I I want someone that... um, can do things on their own but wants to add the benefit of a slave Mm -hmm. so you know there's going to be good stuff with talking to other masters because if you're wanting to learn how to master another person that takes a little more skill than just pulling out the cane and grabbing her hair so you know so so i know it says dominant dominate oh my gosh domination Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) all those words but uh Yeah, so I think there's just things that they can do.
1: So there is some advice for you if you wish to go run around and dominate people. You (laughs) can also... uh... Pick up the book *Living MS* if you want some actual real-world experience of how Don and I worked things out from that perspective. At
0: least in the first ten years, we're working on the second ten years right now. That
1: sounds like a second <laughs> book. I did find out recently: uh, Ginger, the Polly puppy, got some fan mail from Rizzo the Wonder Dog. It appears <gasps> that Rizzo is moving to a different part Aww. of Australia.
0: Well, it's good that she got fan mail. It is good
1: that and she got fan. And I don't know what mail. that
0: means. I know um Bungie tried to explain what it means to be moving across the continent. Right. But I know nothing about Australia. So I think of it as this little tiny island. Like, oh, so you can just hop get on a your moped. moped. And, yeah, <laughs> That's exactly what right. I'm thinking. It's a moped. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I have a feeling we're way
1: off yes, season. Yes. We we'll we'll have to try and get you out to Australia one day so you could look around and say, Oh, it's kinda of big, isn't it? I'll bring you with me. I <laughs> Try and keep me away. What the hell's going on there? <laughs> so, uh, recently you and I were at the Monkey Puzzle Club and we actually taught a class.
0: We did. We taught, um, oh my goodness, my brain is so fried. What did we teach? We, we ta- oh, taught poly and Buddhism.
1: Yes, the connections between polyamory and Buddhism. And although there is no direct connection uh, to. The Buddhist lifestyle and the polyamorous lifestyle there's a lot of indirect connections that we brought up and we'll probably talk more about that on an upcoming show I we think
0: an, we should because, we have an interview
1: with a monk in the can
0: oh yeah 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 well we had someone ask us um so when did you decide to bring Buddhism into your poly lifestyle or how do you know to use the concepts to help you through the hurdles and we're like Actually, we didn't. That was a side effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, to track back what it was that was different going on in our lives that was making things easier, and then realizing it was the study of Buddhism that was kind of interesting in how the class came about.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, we'll talk about that on a future show when we mm-hmm. roll out our monk interview. But so, really interesting and had a really good time out there as well. We have a few
0: more. Classes coming up in the Monkey Puzzle Club as well. We do. We're actually in the middle of writing a few classes. And I have a lot of people asking me for um, two different classes, actually, which we kind of do. But I think I want to modify them a little bit. And one is on being a survivor in the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the other is on energy work. So we kind of randomly mention shields and filters and feeling people's energy and stuff like that. And we used to run a lot of classes on it. And um, it's coming cycle around again. People are asking for it again. So we'll be doing that for Monkey Puzzle Club as well. Very cool. Yay. And then introvert stuff. Yes. Working (laughs) on that as well. Awesome. So
1: it looks like that it's almost Monday. It's almost time for another episode of Passion and Soul. I actually have the raw files here. And uh, we'll be putting that out tomorrow. Uh, that would be with Lee Harrington. And you can find that podcast by going to the erotic and finding the Passion and Soul podcast along with all the other offerings that are out there.
0: Nice, nice. So lots of stuff. Did you know we had people like us on Facebook? We didn't get any new subscriptions to our newsletter, but we did get people like us on Facebook. I'll take a look any day. All right. You'll take a look any day. <laughs> well, we had Ki. It looks like Kiai Master on Facebook mm-hmm. and Danielle C on Facebook.
1: Yeah, I know. So when I, uh, when people f- uh, like us on Facebook, I, we don't really avoid saying their whole name just because, I mean, if they're liking us, they're liking us. So they're not worried about being outed, you would, mm-hmm. think, but... You would think.
0: But yeah, so that's OK. We'll just do. It. They know who they are.
1: You know, the uh, podcast we're getting ready to do, uh, the interview with Master Cecil that we'll be listening to shortly, will also be able to be viewed via the, uh, the YouTube. So uh, apparently Latin Angel has already figured that out because, uh, I don't know if Latin Angel's, um, well, they, I don't know about the boy-girl part, so I'll just say they found our YouTube show and apparently loved it over there.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, said something about my smile and that you're cute. And I can
1: live with that all the times. And also, uh, you got some uh, a question about tentacles. Well,
0: yep, I have a question. And then I have um, this is kind of amazing. Somebody found me on Fet Life, and it's it's not that hard to find us. I mean, you can find the group and then look for us as the owners of the group, and boom, there. Sure. That's the way to write us. And um, Stanislav, I think is how his name is, um, and it's a real name because I type it into Word Perfect when I was typing <laughs> these, and it actually. Like capitalized it on purpose. So anyway, okay. um, Stanislav wrote on FET wanting to know which episode of Lost Girl had the tentacle monster. And the thing, we just looked that up too. But the thing that I found amazing, he's from Bulgaria. Oh, So he was knows. writing me from Bulgaria. So that's really kind of neat. He says he listens to the show all the time. So we did figure out which episode that was of Lost Girl and the tentacle monster in the swing club. And that was episode five, season three. What do they, uh, they speak in Bulgaria? Bulgarian, Bulgarian maybe? maybe?
1: I can't say I've ever heard I Bulgarian. felt like a twin
0: there for a moment. Bulgarian, maybe? <laughs> and I pictured you with a, some sort of wool cap on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a tall wool thing. With a tall thing. wool thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to go look it up now. See? <laughs> Bulgarian hat.
1: I don't know what a Bulgarian hat is. Me neither.
0: Okay. But that's what I pictured on your head as okay. we were vocalizing in Twindom. Is twindom really a word? I'm not sure. It is now. Fair enough.
1: If you'd like to tell us what other words we're screwing up, you can get a hold of us via Dan and Don at eroticawakening.com.
0: Or go to the webpage, and is there still the got comment form? Just scroll down to the bottom. You'll see all kinds of ways to connect us. Awesome, awesome. Eroticawakening.com. So you can find us on Facebook, Erotic Awakening, All One Word, Fat Life, Twitters, Dan and Dawn, and... Yep. It's all listed on the bottom of the website. So, yay.
1: Absolutely. So, we are just about getting ready to go into our little interview with the Master Soul. Earlier, Don, you were saying that you were looking for some new dildos?
0: You know what? Actually, I have been. So, and somebody asked me, oh my goodness, I've been at Monkey Puzzle Club the last two weeks, I think, and somebody was like, so Dawn, what's that website where we can go get toys for 20% off. And I went and looked as well, because I I want some new glass dildos. (laughs) So it is Smitten Kitten.
1: Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten is your online resource and personal guide to all things sex-related. They offer over 3,000 unique products and have served the sex-positive community for over 10 years. From dildos to... Everything imaginable, you'll find it all at <laughs> SmittenKittenOnLight.com. And when you go over there, use the Dan and Dawn for a 20% discount.
0: I'll be using mine. So I found some beautiful stuff. So talking about Bungie again, mm-hmm. um, I don't think we've mentioned the story that Bungie had to tell us a couple of weeks ago because we did the last podcast on the, no- on the road with no notes. Right. But uh, do you remember the story that he told us about his ringtone? That was a while ago, I it thought. It was, but I don't oh, think but... it's made it to the oh, show. God. So anyway, Bungie in um, Australia wrote us, and it seems that they were, what, out to dinner with some vanilla friends <laughs> who started talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. And they were talking and they were talking and Bungie and his girl were trying to like not say anything, not out themselves, not out themselves. And then they kind of said some um, misinformation or something, but something didn't strike Bungie right. So he pulled out the ringtone with my moan on it. And and they had all kinds of questions when he played it for them. They're like, "Oh my God, does her husband know?" Or you know, stuff like this. And you know, is she really weird? Uh, is is she really real? Where did it come from? So he found the episode that we did that on, and they pulled out their earphones and their <laughs> phones and listened to our whole episode, and that. What was it? It was caning, wasn't yes. it? Yes, and there, that was oh. the
1: where I caned you on the air, so to speak.
0: It is, it is. So he now has friends that know a little bit more about him and maybe can do a step beyond Fifty Shades if they're really interested in that. Well, there you go. Awesome. Oh, he's been a busy, busy man. He also sent me a link to some uh, tentacle porn. From X Hamster. <laughs> yeah, very cool. It's all digital. It's all digital, but it's still hot. They really try to make the the digital bodies look kind of real and bounce kind of real. That's actually kind of <laughs> neat. <laughs> and that is just about
1: it. To, prior to our uh, starting this interview, I do want to mention it was fun to have, I think, our upstairs. So Dawn and I live in a little apartment here. We have. Uh, it's just the two. There's uh, two of us in this whole building
0: hmm Upstairs uh, and downstairs. Right.
1: And we had our upstairs neighbor show up the other day while you, I, and Karen were sitting on uh, the front porch reading books. We were. Do you remember what you were reading? I was reading Ethical Slut, which I'm reading again. And Karen was reading Partners in Passion. Right. And I was reading um, the girl next oh, door yeah
0: the girl next door so
1: all of us were reading a variety of sex education sort of books and <laughs> um not to mention i was probably holding both of your hands and our neighbor rolls up
0: and leads them but she didn't ask us anything no she didn't you know it's actually getting harder and harder to um like when she came over this morning and knocked on the door well both of our cars were here and i was waiting for it to she had to have seen that I just came in, so I was waiting for her to ask where I'd been or where you were or something. But she never does that. She never asks those questions and crosses that line into personal space. But I,
1: I imagine that she know. actually just <laughs> listens through the roof and finds out exactly what we're up to.
0: <laughs> and that is about it for us. Anything? Did we miss anything, Don? We did. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky, fun group. Find out more, including the upcoming Hotel Takeover Cope, on sexuality.org.
1: You can rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, lick us on Facebook, or tell your friends. Or you can come visit us at The Woodshed. If we make it out there one day.
0: Or they can come visit us at GLLA, which is coming up this weekend.
1: If you are at the Great Lakes Leather Lines Field, please stop by and say hi to me. Hi, Bad Bunny. Dawn She's already
0: will... reached out to me.
1: <laughs> You're going to be way too busy, be busy to be. i busy judging, yes, but yes, yes. there
0: might be a moment. <laughs> there might be a moment
1: or two. And before we call it a day, one other piece of business. Even I, though I'm... this is coming out a day after. It is coming out a day after, but retroactively... Happy birthday to Crazy Heart from the People of Kink podcast and one of our favorite Canadians. Happy birthday, Crazy Heart. And also, uh, the NCSF has reached out and said, you know what the NCSF is up to recently, Dan? And I said, no, I don't. And they said, well, if you got 90 seconds, I'll fill you in.
2: I'm Jason, and this is your 90-second news update from the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. Dame Helen Mirren the Academy Award-winning English actress, appeared on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon August 5th. During her skit in which Jimmy dressed as a Renaissance-era nobleman looking into a mirror and asking questions like, what was her dream job? In which she replied she wanted to be a contestant on American Ninja Warrior. Also Mirren, who was knighted in 2003, alluded to her liking the light BDSM. It's no secret that the Brits love their BDSM, as Dame Helen quipped, who doesn't like a jolly good spanking once in a while? In other news, the trailer for 50 Shades of Grey has hit the web with mixed results. Find out what one fetish performer had to say about it, as well as other stories about what's going on in the news that concerns us and our way of living at ncsfreedom.org by clicking through to our media update section. I'll be back soon with more news from the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. Until then, help support this program and many others like it by becoming active members in your community as well as members of NCSF. Remember, your voice should be heard. I'm Jason, and this has been your NCSF 90-Second News Update. Dawn, I don't know about you, but
1: what did you want to do when you were a young girl? What did you want to be when you grew up?
0: What did I want to be? Actually, I wanted to be a teacher, and that's what I am.
1: <laughs> I wanted to own my own dungeon, and I wanted everybody to come to me to play at the dungeon, and that did not happen for me.
0: It did not. Well, I became a teacher. I just didn't think it would be for adults. So.
1: Well, actually, <laughs> I wanted to be an astronaut with a dungeon on the moon. Oh, that would be awesome. And I didn't get oh, that. talking. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that, but fortunately for us, Master Cecil from the Woodshed Orlando is on the podcast with us today. And if I understand correctly, sir, you do own a
0: dungeon.
3: I do indeed, sir. Yeah, myself and my lovely uh, significant other are the the owners of the Woodshed down in Orlando. So, how long have you had the Woodshed? Uh, six and a half years now. And what does that mean that you own a dungeon? I mean, uh, you you have a some toys in your basement or. Oh no, we have a uh, we have a commercial building that we lease. Uh, we're actually in a five-year lease of six thousand square feet down uh, in a uh, in an industrial area of town, which is properly zoned. Which you gotta you gotta have that right zoning, man. <coughs> so what does that
1: mean? Uh, you said six thousand square feet. How many pieces of furniture does that equate to? Oh
3: my goodness, um, we have. Probably around 45 PlayStations. Holy shit. 45? Yeah.
0: That means we could get our playtime in.
3: <laughs> right? I'm, right.
0: Oh, oh. So, Though we're old, we usually get in early and leave
3: early I'm <laughs> uh, I'm just as old as you guys are and I'm always I'm normally one of the last ones still playing. I we'll, we'll argue about that
1: later, you have a lot more hair than I do. So how does that work that you end up owning a dungeon? Did you just set out, did you, did you not like the places that you found to play? Was there no place to play in Orlando?
3: Well yeah, the, the, the dream actually began back in 1993 when I uh, went to my very first public play party here in Orlando um, we went to uh, I went to the second ever Orlando Munch and for some reason somebody invited me to the play party afterwards thinking I knew something I <laughs> no idea why they did that but they did and uh, there was about 45 people in about uh, 600 square feet. So, uh, yeah, wow, <laughs> we couldn't, uh, you couldn't swing your hand without inappropriately touching somebody, let alone <laughs> swing a flogger and have any fun. So at that point, the the thought came to my head, it's like, you know, I think we need some space.
0: <laughs> so how would you go about finding space? Because that's one of our big challenges here in Columbus, is, uh, I mean, we've had public dungeons before, but you know something's happened to them they've been small and then someone else goes to try to find something and finding the space has been mm-hmm. a challenge
3: well what we did is we, we we did everything on the up and up we went right down to uh, planning and zoning you know Orange County we're, we're in Orange County here <clears throat> Orange County planning and zoning that says hi we're gonna open a dungeon where would you like <laughs> us to do that <laughs> and, uh, and um, after the poor little old gray haired lady kind of um, bumped us up, not not just one notch to uh, in, in the level of, of who we should be talking to, but bumped us all the way up to the boss man of planning and zoning for Orange County. Um, and they also took us to the back room and put us in a nice little cubicle in the back room and said, let's leave them back there where nobody can hear them. <laughs> 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 so in walks this guy, and he's a young guy, and uh, he says, "So you want to open a dungeon, huh?" And I go, "Yes, sir." And he goes, um, "Is that anything like them places I used to go in Germany?" And I says, "Yes, it's exactly like those, but there's no booze and no sex." And he goes, "Well, heck, we ought to be able to do that." Here's the law. <laughs> and he, gave, wow. yeah, he gave us 18 pages front and back, eight pitch. <laughs> Think about that yeah the law and we had to abide by that law and boy oh boy oh boy and uh, we 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 read that dude uh, and we actually got very disheartened but uh, we did find a way that we were able to open the woodshed in Orange County and make it a legal uh, uh, a legal entity okay fantastic and, uh, now is there uh, you did I get the impression that you don't? There's no booze. No, sir. We don't. We don't serve booze, and we don't. We don't allow actual bonu fide like your grandparents had at sex.
1: Okay.
3: Um, the re- main reason for that is uh, the. That's what MBI looks for down here. That's what the Metropolitan Bureau of Investigation is okay. looking for. Is they're looking for um, booze, prostitution, and uh, and drugs. Those are the three big things that they that they really work on. So we don't have booze. We don't allow sex, so there can't be prostitution. And um, and we, you know, we will absolutely run you out on a rail for drugs.
1: Okay, um, very cool.
3: So it's a matter of being within the laws of the the laws that you can, you know, staying within the law that's of the land, and being able to do what we do, which is often difficult. Uh, there's there's very few counties in Florida that you can actually own a dungeon. Right. What about penetration from a perspective
1: of uh, breaking the skin, like needle play?
3: Totally fine. We're fine with that. Okay. Uh, uh, blood, blood is okay. Um, fingering, fisting, duldose, Satachi's stuff of that nature, totally fine. Um, we actually own a sibian that you can borrow. Don't worry, we wrap it up like you wouldn't believe. <laughs>
1: I'm holding doll down, so she won't go rush
3: down there right now. <laughs> well, she can come on down.
0: I have an ex-husband in that area, so it okay. might not happen. <laughs> Somebody you can stay with. Oh.
3: <laughs> well, we'll let oh. her stay with us. We know. We know her. It's okay.
0: Okay, that works.
1: Now, One of the things that I've been going on about. So you've had this place open for six and a half years, and one of the things that I've noticed in the community over the past in the past decade or so has been a shifting away from the dungeon being the dungeon and a place where play has some level of reverence and the social area which is a totally different space and yeah. lately there's been less more of a mix that it's okay to go ahead and have conversations in and the dungeon's not so much a dungeon anymore it's more of a play space um, and I think that's somewhat regional but what's it been like for the
3: the woodshed well, the, the woodshed, the, the dream of the woodshed was a community, a commu- a community center. And um, so we have classes, and uh, um, a tremendous amount of teaching goes on at the woodshed all the time. So therefore, conversation happens. Uh, but we do have a segregate, we do have, it's not segregated, but a separate area in the back corner. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the couches are. That's where the that's where the the uh, conversation should happen, Um, and we're pretty good at policing that, uh, so that so that the conversations are back in the back there, and then play is far enough away to where the conversations don't interrupt. We also have DMs that uh, that patrol the area pretty heavy. Uh, We we'll have um, each of our each of our two dungeons. We actually have two separate dungeons. So they're 3000 square feet each. And for a 3000 square foot dungeon, we'll have four to five DM's in there. That's that's pretty heavy saturation.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: So um so they'll uh they're pretty good at saying, "Hey, keep your voice down." You know, "Hey, y'all are being just a little too loud, would you mind?" You know, or take the conversation to the to the conversational area or out front in the lobby. Mm-hmm. No problem. Go out front in the lobby. Go out, go all the way out front in the parking lot and have a smoke. We're okay with that. <clears throat> That's where you'll probably find me <laughs> out front in the sm- having a smoke.
1: <laughs> so who uses the dungeon? Are you guys more uh, het kink focused, or is it more the gay leather crowd, or
3: some mixture in the middle? Well, we've always had a gay night. At the woodshed, we've always had at least one night a week that was um, that was a men-only night, you know, um, and it's normally been somewhat well attended. Um, the gay leather crowd in or- in Orlando, um, they like to drink, you know. They wanna, they want to they want to go to the bar, they want to have a couple of drinks, they want to pick somebody up and go have sex, and not not a dang thing wrong with that. But unfortunately, you can't do that at the woodshed. So we, we've always had a challenge reaching out to the uh, to the gay community. The um, the woodshed itself is primarily pansexual, um, and pansexual really does mean pansexual to us. We don't care, you know, who you end up sleeping with tonight, as long as it's legal and it's consensual. We don't care, <laughs> you know. Um, pansexual really does mean all are welcome. Okay. when we uh when we say that and we do have a fairly fairly good lesbian contingent um we've got a we're primarily a heterosexual space and then we <clears throat> we have the uh uh some gay show some gay male men show up okay. um it is the it is the minor part of our uh demographic
1: okay do you guys ever get to go out on the weekends now yeah
3: <laughs> Well, when I uh, when I talked to my love about this originally, I told her I says, "Honey, we will never have another weekend off," and that has proven to be true. Uh, <laughs> the weekends that we do take, the weekends we have off, are the weekends that we go present, such as where we met you guys. I believe we met y'all at Cope, didn't we? Mhm.
1: Yep. I believe okay. so. Okay.
3: Um, those are our weekends off because we're up there and we're teaching four, or five, you know, anywhere from three to seven classes. But that's all I'm doing. I'm not responsible for the dungeon. Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for making sure that everybody has snacks and food and water and stuff. Right. I go up, I teach my class, I go back to bed. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. Of course, we're not those kind of presenters. We're always out and about and talking to the people, but um, but those are actually our weekends off. And we do take off one weekend a year. Um and we go to a, go to a Beyond Leather actually. That's that's our that's our one weekend a year we take off. I mean, how close how
1: close are you guys to uh, top and bonnie?
3: Um about two and a half hours. Oh okay, that's nice. Yeah. Okay.
0: Do yeah. you work during the week as well? Because um that was one of our things is uh we had thought about opening up a dungeon, but uh we work during the week, so that would be every weekend and we like to travel too. <laughs> yep.
3: Yep, welcome to my world. <laughs> yes, we do we do work during the week. Um, uh, my love has a has a uh, uh, she works in a hospital, so she's lucky actually. She she works two doubles and a single, and she's done. Mm-hmm. So that's really only three trips to work a, day, a, a week. She gets one day off, and then she works three days at the woodshed. She works Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the woodshed. And I, I, I say that she gets one day off, but oh my God, the poor thing is working. Matter of fact, she's sitting beside me right now, posting and uh, replying to emails and making sure that the next big thing, what's the next big thing coming Vendor up, love? Uh, Vendor Day. Vendor Day is being posted throughout everywhere that everybody knows about it. Um, she really does work her full head off, and we're hoping to get her some help sometime soon.
1: So that leads me to my next question, and, and this of course, feel free to say none of your fucking business, <laughs> podcast boy. Well, you don't have to have that tone, I guess. But does it turn a profit? Does it? I mean, one of the things that we've found is that that's been a big challenge. That uh, and, and a lot of people often respond to the local dungeon, well, you should do it as a gift to the community. And I've said the same thing to the electric company, and they said, fuck you. <laughs> so does it does it turn a profit? Does it keep itself open?
3: No, it doesn't. And we knew it on the front end. We we um, the dream, like I say, the dream of the woodshed first got dreamt in 1993. The the reality of the woodshed didn't come about till 2007. So I had a fair amount of time to uh, discuss with other dungeon owners, to touch in with people and stuff of that nature. And um, at the time that we opened the woodshed, every dungeon on the East Coast of the United States except paddles was for sale.
2: Wow. Um,
3: and the reason for that, as a matter of fact, they were begging me to buy them. You know, people, people all up and down the East Coast of the United States were begging me to buy theirs, but I didn't want to leave my family here in Orlando. My blood family is oh. also here in Orlando. Um, so we... Uh, uh, we knew that we knew going in that it would never make a profit um, and that's proven to be true you know <laughs> in, in reality the uh, <clears throat> right now the wood sh- the last several months the woodshed has cost us money to open, to stay open um, but we have a great we, we we you can't stop you know you just can't close it the with when you get that you get that person that walks in the, the let me tell you a little story actually this is good. a person about once every four to five weeks will breach the door of the woodshed which is, which takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot of intestinal fortitude to breach the door of the dungeon and I fully and I respect that and they'll they'll breach the door they'll walk in three or four feet and they'll just lean against the wall and start crying. And you look at them and you go, I know what this is, and I didn't know originally. But what that is is that person now realizes that they're not a freak, and that they don't need to be locked up for the way they think and for the way they feel, and that they 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 should they don't deserve the rubber room. That this is okay and that this is acceptable. And when you're when you're when you're changing people's lives like that, you just can't stop you know and, and people have a safe place to meet and pe- people there the incidence of rape in our community in Orlando's community is almost nil is nearly zero and that is far below Orlando's standard Orlando's standard I bo- I know these statistics do you remember them What's Orlando standard for rape Oh, goodness. Ridiculous. I, uh, twi- I, I believe it was 23% of ladies between the age of 18 and 35 can expect to be raped. And 50% of them can expect to be raped again. And with our the incidence of rape in our lifestyle in Orlando is two in the six years that we've been open. You just can't stop that, you know. You can't not do it. You can't not do the work.
1: Yeah, you know, we're certainly familiar with that feeling of that homecoming when you find that that, like you said, you're not just absolutely. You're you may be a freak, but you're in good company among other freaks. How do I find out more about the woodshed?
3: Oh, it's pretty simple. We're all over. <laughs> we're everywhere, <laughs> man. We're on FetLife. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on uh, we're on the big www web. Um, Google Woodshed Orlando, and goodness gracious, we just pop all over the place. And believe it or not, we don't pay for a single one of them. We don't pay for Google AdWords or anything. And uh, but if you Google Woodshed Orlando, you'll you'll find us. Uh, we're we're pretty easy to find. You Very can cool. like us on Facebook, then you'll get invitations to special things going on and whatnot. Excellent. Uh, you Come can uh, become part of our part of our group on FetLife, and we've got like 5,500 members on FetLife that are part of our group. I don't remember how many, but it's a lot. Fantastic. Um, all right. We just well, love, love to communicate well, with people. Good deal. Master Cecil,
1: it's been a pleasure talking with you tonight, and uh, the mysterious voice next to you that apparently uh, I can tell has all the brains in your operation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, yes.
2: oh, that's uh, well. Yeah. Well,
1: it's you, been a pleasure talking with you tonight. A pleasure. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club.
0: Join us each month for Fetish For Play Friday, located at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. This event provides new and engaging kink classes, followed by a BDSM-themed play party. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with party immediately following.
1: The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at the room at the Columbus Insight Center for cutting-edge kink classes beginning at 8 p.m. Immediately followed by hands-on guided practice sessions with members of the Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Pleasure, Monkey Pleasure, Monkey
0: Puzzle Club. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH or search for the Monkey Puzzle Club and look for our Curious Monkey logo. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on BetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan.